Attention golfers, if you're looking to upgrade your game with a set of high-quality clubs that are blazing fast, beyond forgiving, and beautifully made, check out the all-new PXG Gen 6 Golf Clubs. Not only are they easy to hit, they deliver outstanding distance and incredible accuracy, lowering your scores and bringing you more fun on the golf course. What more could you want? Schedule your Gen 6 fitting today at pxg.com or by calling 844-PLAY-PXG. Welcome into another edition of the Stripe Show podcast. It is a froggy Wednesday, all brought to you by About Golf Simulators. Joined this week by seven-time PGA Tour champion, uh, Billy Horschel. Billy, thanks again. This is what, your third or fourth time being on the podcast? Uh, it's got to be somewhere up there. Uh, I've always enjoyed coming on and talking with you, Froggy. I, obviously, we're good friends. So, uh, so yeah, whatever that number is I've been on, uh, I'll go with it. Yeah, so uh, good. You know what? what was a good week of golf week we had this past week, and uh, getting ready to play the final week on the PGA Tour, the Wyndham Clark. Before we get into the FedEx, I'm not the Wyndham Clark. I'm sorry, just I got Wyndham Clark on the brain <laughs> for him winning the U.S. Open. <laughs> I think he won this event though one time. I think Wyndham did win uh, the Wyndham Championship one year. Um, but uh, anyway, yes, we got the Wyndham this week coming off the 3M last week. Bama alum, former uh, SEC guy. It's no secret, Billy and I love SEC football. Uh, Bama alum, Lee Hodges gets his first win. I saw your Instagram post. Uh, yeah. Lee's a good dude. Yeah, he's a good dude. Um, you know, I don't know him that well. Obviously, had a few interactions with him out here, but uh, he's well-respected out here amongst the guys and the guys that uh, I do know that do know him really well, speak really high, highly of him. Just a great guy, great person. Um, I, if I'm correct in saying this, I, I, I think he played at a community college or a lower division college uh, for a year or two and then transferred into Alabama. Uh, so obviously, you know, he's worked his way up to become a good player. And listen, it's pretty impressive. It's one thing to win on the PJ Tour. It's another thing to do it wire to wire and win by, you know, seven shots like he did and have a substantial lead pretty much since the second round. And yeah, and, um, yeah it's pretty cool. Uh, to see the emotion that he had and his caddy, Andrew is, is a good person. He's an Auburn, uh, you know, guy, he played, I think college golf at Auburn. So listen, sec ties there. Um, but yeah, it's pretty cool to see what, uh, Lee did last week in sense of dominating, um, that tournament. Yeah, it really was a good win. The, the finish was kind of marred a little bit by what happened. I'm not sure if you watched it. I knew you were there. A, a good week for you, the best week you've had on tour since back in April at the Zurich, finished T13, um, post in there at the end. So to kind of go over what happened, uh, they both tee off. Poston doesn't hit the best drive. It's a little right. It's got a downhill lie there there by the hazard. Hodges hits, lays up. So he's laying two, got a very safe layup, got an easy shot into the green, re relatively speaking, for, for, for a tour professional. So Poston decides to go for it from a questionable lie, bounces off the rock into the water, ends up having to redrop and makes an eight. Cost him, I believe, $260,000. And he finished, instead of solo second, finished tied for second with other people. After the round's over, says he would make that decision 10 out of 10 times. Uh, is that the same decision that you would make, or is it a situation where you have to be in it? Yeah, you know, that's a great, uh, great question. I mean, I saw it, uh, we were... Uh, flying to Wyndham. I had uh, Tyson Alexander, a good friend of mine, and, and Gator Gator uh, alum as well. We uh, we just saw the results on the PJ Tour app, and 
were like, well, what happened to JT? He was like at 20 in the par. And, and obviously then we, you know, we looked at the shot details and then we saw the video. Um, listen, that's a tough call to make. Um, and I give kudos to JT for, you know, taking it on and trying to win. Obviously he was three back playing that last hole, needed something special to happen. Lee was in the middle of the fairway, laid up. Right. You're not expecting him. I mean, if he makes bogey, that's a bad bogey from 115 yards. You know, you know, he's going to hit it deep into the green like he did, use that slope, and if it spins back, if it, you know, like it, if it spins back, it's great. If it doesn't, he's got a 20-footer, two-putt, easy par. Um, so JT was trying to make something special happen. Um, listen, I, I think it's awesome. I want guys to try and win, win golf tournaments. I want guys out on the PJ Tour not thinking about the money. I think right. – uh, Listen, and I don't fault the guy if they play for money on the PJ Tour. And there are guys out on the PJ Tour that play solely for the money. Yes, you know, they want to win. They want to be a top player. But at the end of the day, they're more worried about the money than, than anything else. And, and that's just an honest fact. And, you know, people have talked about it. And they've talked, you know, players have talked about that in public before. But, you know, I want a guy trying to be the best player he can be and, and taking on, you know, shots and, 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 you know, not worrying about, you know, the finish or, or the money side of it and, and going for the win, because at the end of the day, I think, uh, you know, I think that's what makes our tour better. You know, when you got guys wanting to be the best player they can be and, and trying right. to win tournaments and not, and not, you know, their sole focus is, is the paycheck at the end of the day. So great comeback week for you. T13. Uh, like I said earlier, your uh, best finish is the Zurich when you uh, had a T11 uh, back in April. Is the game getting back on track, Billy? And this goes back to, you know, the Memorial Week is when it, when it kind of all, all came to a head. There was the press conference at the Memorial. Most guys, after shooting 84 in a week, when you are the media has, you know, it, it brought you in as the defending champion, you've got the own pressure on yourself to come in and play well to, to, to kind of back up your win the previous year. Things didn't go well. After that round, you don't just run and hide. You sit there, you do the press conference that was well-documented there. But it's been an uptick since then. Is the game getting back on track? Yeah, it, it is. It's, uh, you know, since that moment, since, you know, that interview. And listen, I got, you know, like anything, you catch flack for anything in, in, in the world today. Doesn't matter what you do. There's someone who's going to hate on you or say something right. negative and, you know, I got my negative comments about, you know, why is he crying? He shot 84. He plays golf professionally, makes a lot of money. You know, listen, it's it's not that. I, the 84 is not why I cried. It was, you know, months of grinding at the game of golf and and not seeing results. And, and uh, you know, like you said, coming to a tournament where I just won last year, the defending champ, I want to go out there and, and, and try and win again and, and play a respectable tournament. Right. and. You know, the play bad, it just was sort of, it all just encompassed everything I've been feeling the last five, five months. And well, Anybody um, who's ever put effort into something and you want to succeed correct. and you've worked as hard as you can and the results aren't happening, that's frustrating. And when you exactly. do it on a stage in front of everybody, that's even more frustrating. And that's where that comes from. It's not a, it's not a one-off thing. It's not, oh, I shot a bad round, I'm upset. Yeah. No, you're exactly right. And listen, this isn't just a golf thing or a one-off thing. This is this is life. It's no different than someone else grinding away at life and trying to make their lives better or trying to make their kids' life better. And and things aren't, you know, you know, working out and it's it is don't seem like they're you're making any progress. And you know, it wears on you. It it wears on you. And this is what my job does. And this is my job. And I'm lucky to do it. And I'm fortunate 
fortunate enough to be successful at it and, and financially successful as well. But, you know, speaking to the media, I, I, you know, I sat in there for a few minutes after I signed my scorecard and I got up and the media people asked if I would speak to the media. And listen, I mean, I could have easily said no. I, I knew there was probably going to be a question or two about my round of golf and where, you know, my mental state was because I talked about that the day before. But, you know, I look at it as a sense that those those people that are in the media, they've got a job to do, too. And, right. um, you know, if they want to ask me questions. I want to try and help them out. And I try to give, you know, the most honest and open answer. I've always been that way. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I wasn't expecting going there to cry or sort of show the emotion and, and have tears and everything. Um, but it just sort of, it just sort of hit me at that moment. And, and I was just very vulnerable and I'm not afraid to show that it doesn't make me any, you know, you know, less of a person by doing no. that. But I think it at makes that you real. Moment, it makes, yes, exactly. And my thing is the more I've always thought this way, I'm a, I'm just a normal person. I'm fortunate enough that I play a sport that is highly publicized. That's on TV and, and on the financial side, I get rewarded for, for, you know, being successful at, but in the, the day, I'm a real person. I'm no different than anyone else. And anyone who thinks that they're bigger than somebody else because of what their paycheck is or their title or something, like, I just don't agree with that. Like, you're just a normal person. You're, right. you know, lucky enough to be successful and do certain things that other people aren't. Um, but, you know, since that moment, it was like, like a weight had been off my chest. I got a weight off my chest just to be like, man, this is just tough. And I'm not the first person to go through it. I won't be the last one to go through no. it. Um, but since that moment, the game has progressed to where, you know, what we saw last week, the results may not have shown, you know, how, how I felt like I've been playing and where I felt like the game was going, you know, the tournaments before the 3M Open. But it was nice to finally see the, you know, you know more of the results side of it in sense of a T13 right. finish and four straight rounds in the par, which I haven't done in a long time. Right. Um, so, yeah, so it was nice to, you know, all that to finally come together and, and feel like the, tra you know, the train is finally going forward and it's got some momentum going forward. And, you know, it's not sort of just getting stuck, you know, um, that, you know, we're going forward and there's some positive signs. And I'm excited about what's, you know, coming down the road because I still believe there's something special coming at the end of this year. I just don't know what it is. I don't know when it's going to happen. Well, anybody who's ever played this game, whether you play it professionally or whether you play it with your buddies, you know that it's easy for it to get sideways. And we all have days where, and and and, and you obviously on a much grander scale, you have days where you feel like you can't miss, and then you have days where you feel like if if the hole was was a trash can, you couldn't you couldn't make you couldn't hit it in there. Um, and it's no different. It is different when the world is watching you, whether the world is television. And that maybe the TV doesn't come to mind while you're standing there on the tee box, but all those people that are standing 10, 15 feet away from you, they're all, it's all eyes on you. And so you're expected to perform. You're a professional. And so to be yeah. there and not perform, that's tough. And it's not like you spend one day a week and you just go hit balls and you're like, Hey, listen, I, I gave it my all. Like you're up at dusk and practice until the sun goes down. And then that doesn't include all the other, the mental part that goes into the game. And when you're not seeing results and you're busting your ass, that's when it hurts. Yeah, it does. I mean, listen, as I said, anyone who puts a lot into it and and I think, uh, you know, if, if you're somewhat in the know of the game of golf, especially the PJ Tour, you know how hard I work in this game. And and I put, you know, I'm one of the hardest workers. And I'm not, I don't ever like to toot my own horn about anything. Um, it's not my thing. But, 
you know, if, if they were going to put a list of, you know, the guys who worked the hardest out there on tour, you know, I'm not afraid to put my name in the top five. There. Right. Um, no. And so, listen, it's one of those things that, like I said, anything that you you work hard and you believe and you put your, your blood, sweat, tears and all the passion and everything you can into being great at something and, and you're not seeing the results, you know, it it wears on you. It does. And, it does. Um, you know, I've been fortunate enough since that moment. I've had so many people reach out to me family, friends, you know, sponsors, you know, other athletes, other people in the business world, just just normal people. Uh, the support I've had at tournaments has been unreal. And I, I could have never imagined that in that moment that uh, the support I've received has has probably been greater than any yeah. support I've ever received after winning a tournament. Uh, I agree with which that. Is just, which is just amazing to me. And um, I'm so like it touches me you know, deep down the soul, like, wow, that just is, is such, it is so surreal to me that that, that moment like that has had such a profound impact on a lot of people. Um, yeah. It shows another side of you. Yeah. And listen, and, and listen, I know I've, I've, I have, you know, created some type of, of you know, rep, reputation or whatever being, you know, maybe a hothead and I'm not anywhere close to a hothead. Uh, or, you know, you know, just there certain moments on the golf course where things aren't going right. well and I get frustrated. And yes, I'm a little more fiery and outward fiery than a lot of players. But right. I think a lot of, you know, people have a, uh, a misrepresentation of, of, of the person I am or who I am. I or, call that or passion. I, I don't call that. I don't call that out. It's passion. It's you. Yeah. It's, it's called giving a damn. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, I, you know, you know, and at the end of the day, you know, it, as people say, you know, why do you worry about? about what people think that, you know, aren't family or friends or close to you or know you. And I said, you know, I, I, and I've come to learn, like, you can't worry about those people. And some of those people in the world just hate, they just, right. they just hate. And that's what they do. And that's what makes them feel good about themselves. And, and I feel sorry for them that they, you know, they have to do that um, to anybody, anybody right. who's trying to be successful at something to, to make themselves feel better about them. And yeah, so, they don't want to rise to your level. They want to pull you down to theirs. Yeah, and and listen, it's I have come to learn that after being pro on four, you know pro for fourteen years, being in the public eye now for for a while, and so. Um, but in the, the day, I, I you know it still means a lot to me when you know I do get the people who who are shown you know um, do support me, and and that means a lot to me. So yeah, like it's it's been a surreal you know last you know almost two months now. Um, from that moment. And it's, uh, like I said, I, I, I could never imagine the, you know, outward support that I received from a lot of people. Um, and still a lot of people, I mean, this past week, just the players out here, you know, you know, congratulating me for playing well and, 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 and saying, Hey, great playing last week. Like that's like, those little things go a long way. And people don't understand how just something that little, you know, goes a long way in making someone, you know, you know, feel good about themselves or, or, or lifts them up even higher. Yeah. It puts people in your corner and, and it always feels good to have more people in your corner. And the problem is the, the haters are always a little louder because we make them louder in our heads. Yes, correct. We hear them. You know, it's the same, it's, it's the same thing. If, if 10 people tell you, Hey man, you're awesome. And one person says you suck. The one person that tells you you suck is the one that, for some reason, you remember, and not the other ten people. And that's just that's just human nature. It's and it's, it's crazy the way the mind works because it's the same thing in golf. You could hit every golf shot perfect, but you hit that one bad golf shot that 
or you miss that one putt. And all you're right. thinking about is that one missed putt or that one bad shot. You're not thinking about right. all the, the other great shots and putts you made. And the mind is is an unbelievable thing. And it yeah, can we're be off so on our powerful. own worst enemy. Yeah, and it you know it, it can be in, but we are on our, our own worst enemy. But the mind can be so powerful in so many ways. You just have to train it and yeah. to a way that it can it can be um, an, such an added benefit in anything you do in life. But as you as you are getting back on track, Billy, has there been one moment where something you have found something? Because I'm sure you and TA have turned every single stone possible on the range at TPC and then obviously on the range when you're at events. Ha has there been one moment where there's been something that has turned it around that's gotten you to where you feel you are playing good golf again? Yeah. So listen, I mean, I've talked about how, you know, we try to make some swing changes to get better and, you know, you know, when you're at the top level, you got to find every little inch you can to get better. Um, and so we, we've gotten, you know, we tried to do something that didn't work. We went back to, you know, what we did last year and, and some of the stuff that we were trying to improve of what we were doing last year has sort of creeped in. And since of we've improved that area just by making, trying to make a change that didn't work and going back to the old stuff, it's sort of, you know, resurrected or, you know, fixed itself. Um, right. But I would say since April, I mean, I feel like we've been swinging well. The video looks good. You know, in person, it looks good on the range. It doesn't look too bad. You know, yeah, I still hit some bad shots here and here, here and there on the range. But I would say what really happened was we went and worked with um, Michael Neff uh, Tuesday out at the U.S. Open over at uh, Brentwood Country Club. You know, we just wanted to get on some 3D digital uh, system to see if, the, if we were missing something, you know, in the sense of what our eyes couldn't see and detect. Um, right. And from that, you know, working with Michael and getting on his system, the Gears 3D system, um, you know, he was like, listen, there's nothing I can tell you guys about your swing. Like everything you're doing in your swing that you want to do to hit the fade is checking every mark, like every area I look for to see there's something, you know, off you're solid on. He said the thing that, you know, sticking out to me is that your lie angles are too upright. And so what that happened, what causes, you know, what happens from having a two upright lie angle is that you hit the ball a little bit more towards the heel. The ball has a little bit more interaction with the ground and it causes the toe to turn over more. So, so it impact the yes. toe was a little too high. Yeah. Impact the toe is a little too high. So, you know, I want to start the ball left and I want it to cut back. Well, when the ball would start left, it wouldn't cut back. It would either stay out to the left or it would almost fall left or draw, which when you're trying to hit a cut and you're aiming left and if there's trouble left, like you don't want, you don't want that ball going right. left. You want the cut away from the trouble. Right. And so, you know, in the back of my mind, cause I had missed so many shots left, I started backing out of golf shots, you know, coming in to impact and backing out of it and sort of block cutting everything. So now I'm pushing everything. It's starting right at my target and now it's moving to the right away oh my from God. my target. And so now I've got a two-way miss. I've got one that starts left and goes left, and I've got one that starts right and goes right. So, you know, from there, we're like, wow, this is so weird because this is exactly what I'm seeing. And and he just said, hey, you know, is this with the upright angle? Are you hitting missing shots this way and that way? And I'm like, yeah. Like, we didn't tell him anything beforehand. You know, we, we, we kept him in the blind. And he, you know, by looking at all this numbers and everything, this is what he detected. So we go back to the range. We work with Tyler somehow along the process of, you know, switching from club companies and then being on my own and then you now being with Titleist. You know, some of the numbers just got, you know, um, a little lost or were, you know, the, the 
you know, lie angles were just a little off. And so we flattened everything by like two, two and a half degrees. And so immediately, yeah, it's a lot. Immediately I'm making swings on the range. The ball's starting left and it's cutting now. And I'm like, wow. And so from that moment, now I can believe in the swing changes or believe in the swing that Todd and I have worked on that, hey, the swing is good. Now I can trust my swing. And now I can trust that if I start this ball left, it's going to cut back. And that's what I finally started seeing at um, U.S. Open. Now, it took me a little bit of time to get over some of the bad stuff that I had done for five months and truly believe yeah. if I make this swing, whether it was was with irons or my woods, the ball is going to cut because the woods were fine. You know, you don't change lie angles on the woods too much, maybe your fairway woods, but the driver was the big, big was a big issue because I've always driven the ball well. But because of the stuff I was started seeing my irons and and, you know, trying to, you know, you know, cut the ball a bad way because of the way the equipment was, it started creeping into my driver and making right. bad swings with the driver. So then that started a whole, you know, you know, downward effect because if I'm not driving the ball in the fairway, then now I'm struggling to get it on the green. Right. So listen, it's, it's, it's been it kind a of snowballed of, into, in, into a bigger, much bigger issue than, and once you're making changes in your swing, just because you fix the equipment, now you've got to undo in your, in, in yeah. your mind and in your body undo the changes that you had made to try to fix these problems. Correct. And so now, you know, we've, we've done a lot of really good stuff. And so, you know, what we're doing now, we, you know, we've got a great foundation. We're just making a few little tweaks now to the swing. And um, some of those is just trying to keep more width, get the club more out in front of me, keep a little more width, maintain the width in the backswing. Don't let the arm and, and the club, you know, lose that width um, and maintain, uh, like I said, maintain the width in the backswing so I can keep the width coming down, keep the club in front of me, which allows me to, I can keep opening up. Then the ball can always start left and I know the ball is always going to cut. So, um, like I said, it's just little tweaks here and here now, here and there now. And, um, it's just, uh, you know, getting more confident that, you know, when I have a, a shot that it's a little bit more, um, precise and it requires a little bit more pre precision, you know, I'm going to make the swing that's going to, you know, uh, uh, that I need and require to hit a good quality golf shot. So a fade cut is your stock shot. When you're standing on a tee box, you feel most comfortable, wave, even from the fairway, you are most comfortable hitting a ball that moves, starts left and moves just slightly to the right. Yeah, so I've always, uh, probably about three years ago, I went to to cut. Um, and so that's the way it's been. I'm 95, 99% of the time hitting a cut, especially off the tee. Unless I unless I need to move it, um, you know, I'll move it from right to left or if an iron shot calls for, you know, just the way it is. Um, what do you change up when, when you need when you need like if, if you if you get on, let's let's say a tee at Augusta and you need to move the ball right to left. What changes? Is it mainly setup changes or are there swing changes that are different as well? Yeah, I'm just I'm just doing uh, setup changes. I'm just closing up a little bit more, closing my feet, closing my hips, closing my shoulders. And then from there, I'm sort of making a similar swing, but now I'm swinging on my body line. And from there, the ball just draws, you know, and it's not a big draw. It's five, five, seven yards. Obviously, I can move it more when I need to, right. but it's just a slight little draw. It's not a big, you know, bender from right to left. Right. But your stock shot, you would always, in your mind, you like to see the ball start left on you know, left side of the fairway, fall back to the center. Yeah, I just have more control that way. Um you know, with the way the equipment has been going with less spin and, and everything, 
it was just tougher for me to draw it on somewhat of a consistent basis. Uh, I was uh, getting a little bit more underneath the plane and, and flipping it a little bit more. So uh, we just found out that by cutting it, it allowed my e to start the ball a little closer to, to, to the pin every time. And it doesn't fall a lot, maybe a couple of yards, but I was a lot tighter with my right. windows and the dispersion uh, by just uh, going to a little bit of a fade. And, you know, speaking of struggling on tour, right now, Justin Thomas is admittedly struggling on tour. And today, I saw a uh, I saw a quote from him today, and he said that, quote, I'm obviously not playing as well as I have in the past, but I'm really not playing that poorly. I haven't really gotten much out of my rounds. You know, like on Friday last week at the 3M, he said yeah. I had two swings that literally cost me five strokes on Friday. If those swings go how they normally do in any other situation, I'm 15th heading into the weekend, and I'm not missing the cut. It really, truly can be one swing or two can mean such a massive difference on the tour. You're exactly right. I mean, it's uh, the momentum is so crucial to in the game of golf, you know, confidence, momentum. You know, when you have it, you never feel like you're going to lose it. And when you don't have it, you feel like, man, I'm never going to gain it. But right. you do need some of that momentum you, to 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 get to feel like your round's going to keep going lower or you can keep moving forward with your game. And, you know, I sort of watched a little bit of JT's round. He was, you know, even par going in the 18. Um, his ninth hole of the day in the second round, middle of fairway. I think he had maybe four or five iron in, catches it thin, goes in the water, and then he winds up, I think, making double there. Mm -hmm. um, and then he makes, you know, just, you know, tugs an iron shot at number four, hits it in the water. But, you know, at that point, you know, when he's at two on the par, knowing he needs probably a couple of birdies coming in the last six holes, you know, you got to sort of push the pedal down a little bit to try and chase it a little bit. Um, but that was having to chase that flag that maybe, you know, if he makes a birdie or makes an eagle on number 18, you know, he's at three or four in the part, he may be a little bit more conservative and make sure that shots, you know, 15 feet to the right or right. 20 feet to the right. So it's so crucial how one or two swings, one or two putts going in can change the momentum, um, you know, dramatically in a round and, and how that could all ultimately change the momentum in the tournament and the momentum going forward for you over the next, uh, you know, months or so in the game of golf. You know, Billy, let me ask you a question here. And, and I know this obviously depends on uh, pen placement, depends on hazards and, and whatnot, and obviously position on the leaderboard. But in an, in an average 18-hole round, how many pins are you going at versus hitting to a quadrant of the green? Oh, you know, that's a great question. Um, man, probably, probably only a couple pins around and, and, you know, you're more or less always trying to hit it towards a spot, you know, you're not hitting it at the fly, you're landing it, you know, maybe two paces short and, and two paces to the right, because it's going to bounce in the slope and it's going to, you know, spin down to the left or, you know, maybe, you know, this week, especially at Sedgefield, you're going to try and make sure you have as many uphill putts as possible. So you may not always aim at the flag you may aim a couple paces to the left and so if you miss it left you have that uphill putt um you know so you know it all just depends on the player the shot the feel you know the where you where know, you are on the leaderboard and where you need correct. to get yeah exactly so not not very often are you shooting directly at the flag you're always you know a little bit to one side a little short a little long left right whatever it may be um and trying to work a shot towards the flag maybe Right. So lots of uh, news coming out yesterday uh, from the tour. We saw that Tiger uh, has accepted a new position on the policy board. Now, to the average person, what does that mean? 
So our policy board are there are the players that well, there's player directors and then there's board um, board members who I think we have five of them that are from you know businesses or people in, in the business world that uh, are on our board. And these people that are on the board, player directors or these board members, are ultimately the ones who you know vote on and decide any changes that are taking or to take place on the PJ tour. So any any business stuff, any governance, any you know situation that you know we're going to change some things with the PJ tour, you know they ultimately vote on it. Um, the PAC, which is a 16 member um, PJ tour uh committee that you've um, been they, on right yeah i've been on it before um i'm not on this year uh they you know they meet probably five times a year um the tour brings them you know uh certain situations or certain things that are happening within the pga tour they get a feel from that 16 member pack you know where the players stand on certain things you know we're gonna you know increase fedex cup points or change tournament eligibility or whatever um, and then from that, cause the player directors are also part of the pack, but they're not, you know, they're just addition to the pack. Um, they sit there, listen, and then they go to the board, you know, when they discuss these board items or these items with the board, the player directors share the opinions of the players. And then they ultimately decide, you know, the best scenario, um, to, you know, for the PJ tour. So, you know, a lot of times if, if there's a lot of support for some changes uh, to maybe the FedEx cup system or eligibility requirements or something like that, the board's going to vote based off the player directors and the board members are both are more likely going to vote based off what the pack has, has, um, you know, shared or, and, or expressed going forward. So, but at the ultimate day, sometimes they don't go with the pack with some situations or certain things aren't always brought to the pack um in my understanding and so uh you know that's why we have player directors there to give the player side of how they see things and so tiger now is one of the an addition to is an addition to the five player directors already so now we have six player directors on the board right it says that no major decision can now be made in the future without prior involvement and approval of the player directors the board has full authority to approve and decline the proposed deal with the PIF. Do you do, do you agree? And, and there's a Washington Post article out that says Tiger being added to this policy board is a direct result of of what had happened with the tour live PIF deal. Do you agree that it has it has definitely led us in that direction? Um, listen, I was on this call that discussed you know um, the 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 news of the day mm -hmm. um, of Tiger being announced. Um, yeah, I think you know. Listen. If, if this PIF and PJ Tour deal wasn't announced, you know, would Tiger have been on the board at this point in time? I don't think so. Um, but I think after looking at all this and, and I've said in the past, like I, I think we, the PJ Tour and over my 14 years has not been a member run organization. It's been a member input organization. And, and I said, sometimes, you know, we, you know, we may not, you know, shouldn't be, a, you know, shared all the transparency uh, with deals and everything going forward. But I do believe that there are players and the player directors and the board should be aware of everything that's going on in the PJ Tour. Mm -hmm. And when you look at this P PIF and this PJ Tour deal, there was only two board members that were aware of it. Um, the other three board members weren't. 
The other five player directors weren't aware of it. So I do believe the people at the board level need to be aware of what is always going on at the PJ Tour with deals and everything else, and that they need to be um, consulted going forward. And, and that's what this whole new process is is about, is making sure that every everything um, is, uh, is talked about with those people in the board and shared with, um, so the best decision can be made amongst those people for the direction of the PJ Tour. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, as, and once again, I, I'm coming from a complete fan perspective. But like when when you see the John Rom, I saw John Rom did a podcast earlier this week, and John said that he found out three minutes before. I, I I just feel like players who are whether it's Tiger and Rory level, rather whether it's somebody that was as vocal as you were in standing up up for what you believed in the PGA Tour, whether it's John Rom, I, I do believe that these that i understand that every player can't know i get it there's way yeah, way too many players i agree I with that i agree with that but there i do believe there are levels and, and 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 i hate to do that but i think there are levels of players and there are guys who have who have put on the gloves and gotten in the ring and fought for your organization i think those people deserve to know more than three minutes ahead of time i don't disagree listen end of the day we all we all know our position on the PGA Tour. We know who brings in brings in the sponsors, bring in the viewership, brings in the money. I mean, it's you know, we all know who those players are. We all yep. know our position, and I don't think anyone has an issue with any of that. Um, but like I said, I, I do agree that there are players that need to be aware of of what is going to happen with the PGA Tour. You know, Tiger is one of them, and I'm happy that Tiger is you know. Uh, you know, Tiger and, and these players that signed this agreement or signed this letter to Jay and everything, you know, pushing for Tiger to be on the board. Um, this is this is someone who's who's elevated the PGA Tour over the last 30 years, more so than anybody in the history of the PGA Tour. And that's going back to Jack and Arnie and Jack and Arnie are great. But Tiger's taking it to a level that, oh. you know, none of them did. And listen, the commercial side of it and TV side is completely different than what it was. When they started out, there's no doubt about it. But I do believe Tiger and 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 Tiger's love for the PJ Tour. People understand he loves the PJ Tour. He 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 believes so much in the PJ Tour. You know, he tells us he's like, you know, Arnie. You know, I don't know when this was, but at some point, him and Arnie, you know, were really close. I know they were, um, and he's talked about it. But Arnie said to him, he said, "I'm handing over the reins to." the PJ tour to you. Like, this is your baby. Wow. Now you That's need, wrong. this is you taking care of it. You need to, to be the torchbearer of the PJ tour and make sure that this, this PJ tour is around for, you know, the next person to pass this off to or next players to pass this off to. And Tiger's a big believer in that. And so to have someone like that, who, you know, cares so much about the PJ tour and the legacy of the game and the legacy that, you know, the people before him, the people, in the game now and the people in the future tiger is 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 the right man to you know yeah. be an addition to already our player directors uh on this board yeah i mean listen as much as tiger has done for the pga tour i always enjoyed and i'm sure you as a player and as a friend enjoyed his influence on the tour happening from inside the ropes but unfortunately uh, as we all know father time is undefeated and tiger is getting older um, and then he's had the surgeries. He's had the accident. There's been a lot of stuff that's gone on. Uh, 
for him to be able to continue to cast his influence on the tour from now this position. I'm not saying Tiger can't play anymore because I'll never write him off uh, at Augusta. Driving down Magnolia Lane seems to do something for him that that you know, just is is magic, and it would be great to see it happen again. But being realistic and and having you know realistic expectations to see that this can be the next way he can influence the tour and use what he has is pretty freaking awesome. Yeah, listen, Tiger was driven when he was a player to achieve the goals he wanted, and I don't. And people may give him a hard time that he may not have been more involved and the tour, whatever it was um, that they wanted to, you know, say he, he didn't do enough of, but listen, the guy was, had a, had a, a, a dream, had a, you know, a goal of, of being the best player of winning and achieving right. greatness and what he wanted to do. And right. when you're, when you're that way, you don't have a lot of other time for other things that may come, you know, your way. But now that, you know, he's doesn't play as much anymore. And, and, you know, we've got, you know, more noise in the game of golf than we ever have. Tiger is like, hey, this is, I believe, and I'm speaking, you know, you know, from what I believe of, of Tiger is that um, he's like, I, I need to be more involved in this now. I need right. to, to take a stance. I need to make sure that the players that are there that um, will be the next torchbearers, that I'm helping them, you right. know, and helping the PJ Tour for the next generations. And he said that, like, he's like, and he, and 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 like I said, he's been very supportive of every PJ Tour player, um, and um, you know he wants the best for the PJ Tour and the best for us going forward, so that this thing is around and can be around for for decades and generations, and for especially for Charlie if if Charlie decides to go down that path to playing the PJ Tour. Yeah, I mean, listen, it would be easy for him to just ride off into the sunset and spend time on his yacht and spend time with Charlie, and he's got his. He's got his golf course design business and he's got, he, he's got a lot going on. However, this is still very important to him. And so to be able to continue to form the PGA tour and use his legacy for good is, you know, very commendable. And I'm you know happy to see that this is the next direction for Tiger still hoping he can still play at a, at a competitive level and do what he can. I mean, let's be honest. He did make the cut at Augusta this year. That alone <laughs> is, is just you know, unbelievable for the shape that his body's in. And you know, much more than I do, but to see what the shape he's in and to be able to make the cut at Augusta in a major on the PGA tour is, is, is still pretty remarkable. Yeah. Listen, the guy, the guy still has, it, it still impresses me to this day of what he's able to do. And, and I think people from the outside don't understand the limitations that his body has now. Um, what he can and can't do, how much time he can practice and everything else. So yeah, what it takes to get ready for a round. I mean, that's, yeah, it, I mean, it takes a lot and I, <laughs> people don't understand what he goes through on a daily basis just to be able to practice and play this game of golf. So he's an impressive individual. He's always been impressive. Um, and listen, the guy just, uh, is an unbelievable person. And, um, I, I just don't think he's given, he's gotten enough credit for what he's done off the golf course. Right whether it's be getting ready for tournaments or what he's done with his foundation or how much he cares about, you know, and how much time and energy he puts into, um, you know, you know, his uh, other uh, interest outside the game of golf. And so it's, it's pretty impressive. And, um, you know, I'm just lucky enough that I have a small window to see, you know, some of that. I just want to see, I want to see Charlie play and I'm waiting for uh, Axel Horschel. 
Uh, it's a play because I see little Axel out there playing. He's getting get that. He loves golf. Little man loves him some golf, man. He does. He he he's uh, you know, he wants to wear what Daddy wears all the time. If he's watching me, if he's at a tournament, he wants to wear the same shirt I have, and you know, same color pants. Obviously, in shorts version, but yeah, he loves a game of golf. Um, he's uh, you know, he's all into it right now. So it's just it's just really cool, and you know, he's um. Uh, you know, like I said, he's four years old and he loves his dad very much. And I'm, he does. I, I'm so, I'm so lucky to have not only him, but my other two girls that yeah. just are, you know, you know, look at me as, as their hero. And so that's, that's something special to have. No, I think if you, if anybody that watched the ending of the memorial in, uh, in 2022 to see the, the family reaction on 18 was, was super, super special. And I know maybe a little more special for those of us that are, you know, that are lucky enough to call you a friend and know you, but to see that family reaction on 18 was, was pretty awesome. Yeah. It was probably nice to have It's something that it's one of those goals, you know, there's still probably four or five goals that uh, I want to achieve before I'm done. But that was one of them is have that moment where my family was there to see me win, run out on the green. And, and so, yeah. Um, yeah. It was a, an unbelievable moment to have them there. And um, you know, they, they still talk about it. Yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, this year, as my wife and we were joking, or she was joking last week, they've learned more about the cut than they've ever had to learn about, you know, in their little young lives. Right. Uh, because daddy hasn't missed very many cuts on a yearly basis. Um, but this year, they've learned their importance of the cut. And they're always, uh, they've been asking me a little bit more, daddy, are you going to make the cut? Or, daddy, are you going to make the cut? <laughs> and so after I played on Friday, and I played early in the morning, and I was clearly making the cut, right. they kept asking me, you know, hey, are, are you making a cut? Are we going home early? And I'm like, no, we're good. And I'm like, how, you know, Skyler understood. Kobe, Kobe, you know, didn't really understand. I was like, well, I'm, I'm what was I, I don't know, eight on the par or whatever. And yeah. Four. And so I'm like, I'm good. It's not going to change. So right. I said, they, they've got a new education of, of what the cut is uh, this year. <laughs> well, wait, let's hope, let's hope next year they don't have to worry about that. Ne next exactly. year it's, hey, dad, how many shots out of the lead are you? Exactly. And how late is your tea time on on uh, on Sunday? Well, that's what they started asking me on the weekend. Dad, do you have a late tea time or do you have an early tea time? I'm like, well, I have a late tea time. I'm like, well, that's good. That's and good. So I like to I like to hear more of that of of what tea time or do we have a late tea time on Saturday and Sunday going forward? You know, another story that's come out recently is the ball rollback and 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 the peach. I love the stance of the the uh, tours taken and they will not um, honor the ball rollback on the PGA tour. Uh, where are you on that? And does that surprise you that that decision was made or did you, or did, did you kind of see that coming? Um, listen, I wasn't surprised by the stance that PJ tour took, you know, it's been, you know, a handful of years now that this has been, you know, being been talked about. And I think the tour, you know, every time the USGA puts out information, they put out information of their own that sort of refutes some of the, you know, the numbers that, um, the USGA sends out. And so, uh, like I said, I'm not surprised by it. Uh, maybe I'm a little surprised that they did it this early and, and, um, you know, took this stance, um, in the sense of, Hey, we're, we're fine. Like I knew that was going to happen. Um, but usually you've looked in the past, they've always tried to work with the USGA on some stuff. And, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not shocked. And I think it's the right stance. You know, I'm, I'm sure there's people that, you know, believe we should have a rollback. I don't think the golf ball is the reason why the, you know, we're hitting so far, you know, track man, I would say would be the number one would be one a, you know, being able to optimize our, you know, the, 
you know, the flight and the spin characteristics and everything. So we get every right. little yard we can out of a driver. Um, and the fact that you're working out in the gym, athlete, yeah. I mean, you guys are full on athletes. We're, you know, one B would be, you know, we've got bigger guys, you know, guys that are more strong or more athletic, you know, guys are just taller. Faster. You know, if you took what the average size of a PGA tour was at, you know, 10 years ago to what they are now, I'm sure the, 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 the height of the average tour player and, you know, I say weight, but you know, weight can be, you know, a little bit of, you know, whatever, but, uh, but what about club head speed? I mean, yeah, club head speed has had to one, increase one B, but the taller you are, the wider the arc is the more club head speed you can generate. Right. That's just a proven scientific fact. And so, and then you look at, you know, the shafts of the, of the driver or the shafts are lighter so you can swing them faster. The driver head is bigger and it's sweet spots bigger so you can swing harder and you can still hit somewhat of the center of the face and the ball doesn't go nearly far as offline so listen do i think you know the the ball rollback is really going to have that great of an effect and guys hitting it you know you know um less far yeah it may have for a period of time but guys going to you know start swinging faster and harder but you know, doesn't it hurt the, the guy that doesn't hit it that far more than it hurts the guy that hits it far yeah i i i you know Yes, agree. The guy who hits it shorter is going to have more of a disadvantage now right. than the guy who hits it further. And Roy put it this way, where maybe he was hitting a five iron into a par five, he's going to be hitting maybe a five wood now. And where the guy who is shorter is hitting maybe a five wood into a par five, he's not going to be able to get there now. So right. that's a big disadvantage right then and there. Um, and so I, I, I can't believe what, you know, the USGA is talking about, you know, rolling back a ball for the 0.0001% of the golfer in the game of golf. The, the average amateur isn't hitting it too far. No. The average amateur isn't playing from the tips. They're playing from 63 to 6,500 yards. Right. I understand courses are being built longer. I understand some of these historic courses are, are you know, becoming obsolete. But at the end of the day, we have innovation, and, and innovation is a great thing. But um, – you know, why are these courses that aren't holding tournaments, you know, adding link to the courses when no one plays a back tease? It's like I was talking to uh, someone who used to work with USGA uh, who no longer does. And we sort of joked about or he sort of joked about he said the, the best grass on every golf course is a back tease at majority of these golf courses. Because nobody's playing it. Playing. And so. Listen, I, I, I don't know what the USGA is going to do. I don't know what the RNA is going to do. You know, I would, I've all, I've said for a while now, I would like to see more dispersion into the game of golf. You know, you know, how do we do that? I don't know, but I think maybe by reducing the driver head size, reducing the center of the sweet spot where you're rewarding the guy for hitting the center of the sweet spot more often. Um, and if they don't hit it, you know, the ball goes more offline. I think that is what we've sort of lost in our game of golf because right. of technology and we've all benefited from technology. But I think at our level, the professional level, dispersion has, has been lost. If you, I would say if you go back 10, 15, 20 years and looked at how the dispersion of drives and iron shots, it's a lot tighter now than it was back then. So what's and it going to do with the U S open, which is always, which is a great thing to have, but right. you know, the reward for hitting the center of sweet spot has been reduced a little bit at our level at the top right. level of the game of golf um but you know like i said i don't know what the what's going to come of everything so if the usga does in fact implement this rule does that mean the u.s open we will have to use a different ball at the u.s open i mean there's a possibility that yeah there's a possibility that we may use a different ball at all four majors uh, than we play with on a regular basis 
for all four majors. Also, even that that would include the, the Masters, the the PGA, and the Open I, Championship. I don't see. I would see the Masters probably siding with the USGA. Obviously, RNA is gonna, you know, excuse me, be you know, you know, in line with the USGA more than likely, and then the PGA Championship. You know, it's an inter- interesting one. You know, they've come out against the, uh, the rollback. I believe. I think Seth Waugh and, and a lot of those PGA professionals have had said, you know, they don't believe this is the right thing to do. So maybe the PGA Championship doesn't uh, doesn't institute, you know, this ball if it is does go down that way, and they'd be the oddity of the three majors. So, but so I does mean, that I mean that the, the the ball manufacturers then now have to go back and in their and in their factories now start making a different golf ball. Possibly, you know, some of them said they may not make a golf ball because of the cost it's going to yeah. take. You know, it's going to cost 10, 20, 30 million dollars of research. And, and people there's think there's no oh, amateur going to buy that ball. Who's going to go in correct. and go, yeah, hey, yeah, you know, I'm going to roll up to uh, Dick's or Golf Galaxy or PGA Superstore here. And yeah, I, I want the I want the one that goes shorter. N- yeah. Nobody's buying that. They're not going to sell it. And, you know, people say, well, they can just change the ball now. I'm like, no, you know, talking with them, it's like, it's just not that easy. We have to no. go back and change the characteristics of everything with the golf ball, you know, from speaking with some of the manufacturers and, and, you know, end of the day, um, companies you know, are, some of these companies are public and it's a bottom line dollar. And yeah. if, if they're losing $40 million, you know, on an annual basis and they're not bringing any revenue for it, you know, they're not going to make a golf ball. And, and you know, I'm not saying they've said, hey, we're not going to make one, but they've sort of said, hey, we may just not make one. There may just be one ball manufacturer that makes a ball. Um, yeah, there's no return on investment. I mean, there's just not. So I don't know what's going to happen. You know, obviously, you know, there's just a lot of, you know, talk about it, you know, and, and sort of people, you know, coming to, uh, you know, you know, hypothesis, you know, coming, figuring out uh, if this is going to happen or not. Right. Um, and so, uh, you know, whether and brainstorming on things. So, you know, we'll see. But like I said, I, you know, would Tyler's make a rollback ball? And I'm sponsored by Tyler's. I don't know. We've had conversations. You know, they, you know, they said, hey, we don't know what we would do. And uh, but I do know. You know, just talking with Tylus and other manufacturers, they said it, it costs money. It's going to cost them, you know, money on somewhat of a yearly basis to make this golf ball because you're yeah. just not going to make it and then, you know, keep that same golf ball for the years going forward. You're going to try some, try and find somewhere that make that golf ball better, better within the rules that are, you know, put in place. Yeah. And speaking of uncertainty, real quick, uh, this the, the, this whole merger deal. I know it's going through congressional hearings and there's been all kinds of rumors and you've had people on uh, namely only one Phil saying that guys that are over there have no desire to play the PGA tour, which I don't, I don't believe any of that. Um, Is what does the merger mean? Is it all going to be one? Is it two separate tours? Do we even know what the future looks like three years, four years, five years, Or, or is that all different as we go year to year? I, I don't know what it's going to look like. Uh, we don't know what this, this uh, it's not even a merger. It's a, it's an investment from the PG, PIF. Okay, uh, so there is no merger. It's no merger. It's an investment with the PIF into the PJ Tour. The PJ Tour is going to take control of, of live um, and have, you know, final authority on, on what that, whether live sticks around or what that's going to look like. Right. Um, and so uh, at the end of the day, as I've been telling people, I said, what we see in 23 may not what may not be what we see in 24 and in 20, 25 may not be what we saw in 24. Right. And 
I've, I've just been saying, you know, I think we're about five years. I'm saying in five years, we'll probably see what the final product and how the game of golf is going to look like going forward. Um, you know, I have an idea that I think has become a, it's, we're going to create a global tour um, and go around the world a little bit more uh, and a, you know, with a smaller field uh, of players. Um, but that's my idea. And I think that's, right. you know, where the game's going. And then you have, I, I think you have a pyramid system, you know, the, the global tour, and then you have the, you know, Corn Ferry and Challenge Tour or the DP World Tour and the PGA Tour, you know, sort of feeding up to the, you know, global tour and then everything, you know, somewhere along that way. Um, but, you know, that's my idea, you know, whether that's right or wrong, I don't know. But I think we're, we're a ways away from, um, you know, knowing what everything, how the it's final going product. to play out. Knowing yeah. what it is. It's a fluid situation that will probably change a bunch of times before we get to the final product. Yeah. And, um, you know, the game of golf's in a great spot. We got a lot of support at the PJ tour level from all sponsors and fans out there. The TV, you know, numbers have been un unbelievable this year. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, what we just need to do is you need to figure out some way to, to limit the, the noise and the negative noise and, and, and the noise that's not, you know, pushing the game of golf and pushing, you know, things in a more positive way, in my opinion. Yeah. So we got the final week of the uh, PGA Tour this week. We are at Sedgefield for the Wyndham. Uh, have you gotten your, uh, you've obviously gotten your draw yet. Are you early, late, or late, early? Um, early, late. So, uh, yeah. My, my draw has been crazy this year. Uh, I think I counted it up uh, with my caddy, Micah. He came, my caddy, Micah, who used to caddy for me for about seven years. Um, I brought him back on the bag uh, at PGA. Um, but, yeah, I think we were counting up. I think I've had like nine or ten morning draws, morning, you know, early late draws versus the late early draw. And it's supposed to be pretty random and it's supposed to be 50-50. But you know what? It's just one of those things where I've had more or you no know, early late draws than, than late early draws. So you're early late this time. Which, yeah, I'm uh, early late. Is that yeah. good? Do you like an early late? You know what? I I, I like whatever draw I play well in. Right. <laughs> Uh, a lot of times yeah. the weather determines that like last week it was a big difference we, if you had correct. an early draw on thursday we got the benefit of the doubt early yes. benefit of the doubt last week no doubt about it um you know there's times like right now i feel like i had so many early late draws i practiced early on tuesday mornings um and then uh, right now because of where i finished last year in the fedex i played early pro-am time and so you know that early draw on thursdays it's three straight mornings of waking up you know at four or 4.30 or 5, something like that, depending on my tee time or when I'm going to go out and practice and everything. But, right. yeah, sometimes it's like, man, I want to, I wish that I would have a late draw on Thursday a little more often so I get to sleep in. But, listen, it's it's it just it's it doesn't really matter. But, like you said, it's probably more weather dependent on, you know, how the draw works. Like, hey, the weather's going to be really bad, you know, on the opposite side of my draw. Like, I'm happy I had that right. draw. So, you listen, just all, all, all us PJ Tour players – you know, at the end of the day, we, we only care about ourselves right. and getting the best of the draw. And we know when we've been screwed in the draw. There's no doubt about that. No, for sure. It just seems like it seems like late Thursday, early Friday, you kind of get all your golf in together instead of yeah. play early, sit around, sit around, play late. I mean, it's it's but like you said, it really depends on the weather. And if, 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 you're, you're, you know, if you're playing well, well, if you're playing well, it really doesn't matter. But if you if you play if you feel like you're playing well and you go out and you play a great Thursday round. And then you're like, man, I can't wait to get back out there Friday. You got the same feels. You really, it's only 12 hours difference from the right. time you walked off the golf course to the time you're back on the golf course. And so it's a real quick, real quick turnaround. And so it feels like, hey, man, this is just like, I felt like I wanted to go take a little nap. 
I'm back on the golf course and you and it feels like you didn't leave and you're back into right. playing great golf like you did the day before. So listen, a lot of guys will like the late early because if they can play well on Thursday, it sort of just filters into playing another great round on Friday where if you're early on Thursday, you know, you got to sit around for almost, you know, 24 hours before you're back out on the golf course. Right. So as you get started this week, uh, I saw today, I think JT said he needs an 18th or better finish to uh, get himself into the FedEx cup playoffs. Do you know where you need to finish this week to get into the FedEx cup? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I haven't seen, you know, I can talk to our PJ tour FedEx expert that we have out here, but I think I need a, a solo second, make it the job done. I've got 350 points. I think 70th right now, somewhere around like uh 610 to 625. Mm -hmm. And so a second, a solo second would get it done. That's But you've points. done that here before. Let's, let's be honest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, but you know, really I'm just going for the win. I've got go nothing to lose this week. I'm going to go out. I'm going to play to win. Not that I haven't done that, but it's been a little tough when you don't have that confidence to feel like you can win. Right. Now I feel like I got a little confidence, a little momentum. I'm going out for the win. That's a, that's my sole focus this week. I'm going to play to win. I'm going to, you know, have that mentality. I'm going to win this week. Um, and, and just that, that focus of, of, of just winning. And how'd so, your practice round go today? Yeah, it was a great practice session. I got my teacher Todd Anderson up here, uh, for a couple of days and we were just fine tuning a few things. And so, you know, we're excited, um, uh, about where the game of golf is, my game of golf is heading and listen, what, whatever happens this week, it happens. Um, but I'm just excited that everything's moving forward. There's some momentum right. going. I got some great tournaments coming up at the end of this year and, um, you know, we're going to, you know, we're, we're just excited about where things are finally, you know, trending. So speaking of the end of the year, uh, you'll, you'll play this week. Obviously, if you get a win, you continue into the FedEx Cup playoffs. You finish second in FedEx Cup. But if not, like you said, you've got good momentum going forward and you are looking forward to the end of the year. Where else will we see you play before the year ends in November, December? Yeah, so, um, you know, depending on how this week goes, I'll either have go to Memphis next week or have about a month off. I'm going to go play the um, Irish Open at the K Club. Excited about that. I'll be over at the BMW event, Wentworth. And then uh, I've got another. But you've event. won that before, correct? Yeah, I won that back in 21. 21. Um, I've got another event that they're going to announce here probably in the next couple of weeks that I'm going to play, play in over there. And then um, I'm going to uh, play the Dunhill Links Championship again, which I okay. played two, the last two years. The first year I played with my dad. Last year, I played with my good friend, Mark Noble, uh, who just retired from football last year from West Ham, the club I support, and yep. the club he's a legend at, absolute legend. Um, and then this year, I've got a new partner. Uh, I can't announce that partner yet because they just, you know, confirmed that my partner, and they are, you know, sending out the invitations, but, uh, you know, that will be announced here in a couple of weeks, and uh, I'm excited to you know, play with this partner uh, this year at Dunhill. It's going to be a, a incredible experience. And then we got some uh, Gator football on the way as well, too, which uh, yep. I think we might be in for a little bit of a long year. This schedule's tough this year, Billy. We got. I think I think we have the toughest schedule. Uh, we do. Seen we do. Somewhere. Listen, I'm excited about what the players are saying and the cohesiveness and the togetherness that they have this year compared to last year. Um, you know, we've got more talent on the team, but listen, we're young. We're still – figuring it all out, but I like what Billy Napier, I like what his staff's doing. I like what the players are doing. So, you know, we'll see what happens, you know, crazy things are, you know, have, have 
you know, gone on in sport. And, yeah. you know, you never know. We go with, we go to Utah. We went at Utah. You know, that could be a big win for us. And we get some of these, you know, games, that tough games that we have early and we go out and win. That gives our team a tremendous amount of confidence, tremendous amount of momentum that they can they can do this. Yeah. And you just never know what can happen. And we got to keep the recruiting class. That recruiting class that uh, we've got put together for next year right now, I believe is top one or two or three in the country. With uh, We're getting the quarterback, DJ Lagway. If we're able to hang on to that, and the NIL has completely just we, turned we college football. We talked about the NIL and the transfer. I just, I, I mean, it's changed college sports. It is. It, it it sucks. And it's not, and it's good, not changed it in a good, good way. It's bad. It's good and it's bad. But man, it's just changed the landscape of college sports, and uh, it's just it's just insane. I mean, so. Uh, but listen, we're we're doing some great things at the University of Florida. Uh, I'm excited about you know not only football but every other sport. Obviously, golf, golf just team just had a huge football. year. Yep. I, I mean, all these other teams that won national championships this year. Um, has been pretty impressive. Listen, we're yeah. doing some great things there. And that culture of winning, you know, when when one team wins, it just breeds other teams wanting to, you know, you know, top that same success that the other, right. other team have. And, you know, similar to what, you know, what I say are the golden years, the glory years at the University of Florida. When I was there, when we had two football and two basketball, and we had swimming national championships. I think we may have had some gym, gymnastics championships and some others and track and field and everything else. So, that's coming back to the University of Florida, and that's pretty exciting. It is. Well, Billy, thanks as always for your time, man. We've been uh, sitting here just shooting him for an hour. Appreciate it, and uh, <laughs> always love having you on. Thanks to uh, Bout Golf Simulators. And by the way, we're not sponsored by uh, LFG. I know it looks like we might be, but Matt Every's just a good dude. I know Billy's really good friends with him. He's a former Gator as well, and so uh, yeah. we love the LFG stuff. Yeah, it's good stuff. Obviously, I got my BDO hat that I wear. You know, every time I'm on the golf course, um, even off the golf course, but there's always times that uh, I like supporting my buddy's brand, my buddy's Matt's brand whenever I can. It's a cool-looking hat, cool-looking logo. Um, and everyone everyone always wonders what LFG stands for. So we won't tell them what LFG stands for. They've got to look it up on, you know, on the interweb. We'll call it the interweb. Um, uh, Tom Brady up. likes that phrase, too. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, – so, yeah, we're, we'll have people, if you're curious, go look it up. Good deal. Billy, appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you soon. Play well this week. We'll be pulling for you, and uh, hopefully we see you in the FedEx Cup playoffs. Awesome. Thanks, Fargy.